Rio Grande Oil Company. Calling all cars. Calling all cars. San Francisco Police calling all cars. Broadcast 45 regarding a dope ring operating on the skid row. Play off this angle, boys. State narcotic men are handling it. That is all. now has four big radio shows in the air. If you enjoy calling all cars, drive into any service station selling Rio Grande cracked gasoline and ask for a free radio bar. It tells you about the police cases to be dramatized this month on Calling All Cars and describes all the other Rio Grande radio shows. Get yours free. And don't be frightened if you see a police car in your Rio Grande station. The same Rio Grande cracked gasoline you use is officially selected to power the police cars, fire trucks, ambulances, and other emergency engines of a score of cities. Tests have convinced these cities that the cracking process makes Rio Grande cracked gasoline faster and more powerful. You can get police car performance in your own car by using Rio Grande cracked gasoline with Petra Ethel. And while it costs just more to make, it costs you nothing extra. Tonight, we are privileged to introduce Inspector F.J.A. O'Farrell, who is in charge of the Division of Narcotic Enforcement for the State of California. Inspector O'Farrell. The narcotic evil has become a menace to America because of the lack of interest and knowledge on the part of the public. This evil touches and concerns every American citizen, and it is only through the education of the individuals of this nation can the menace be curtailed. Information is reached the division of definite cases where informal run numbers are turning to illicit narcotic smuggling and public as a source of revenue due to the 18th Amendment. It is also a known fact of the division that through its, its contact with other law enforcement bodies that eastern gangs have attempted to muscle in on western territories, a situation which keeps the police departments of the west on their toes to prevent such an invasion, for behind the gang situation stalks the narcotic evil. Although handicapped by curtailed personnel and inadequate funds, the state narcotic division under the efficient leadership of my chief, William G. Walker, has been able to carry on the battle against narcotics just as vigorously and effectively as it has in the past when times were better. But we need the active, interested cooperation of every citizen. It is the hope of Chief Walker and myself that the story you are about to hear will bring home to you a little more vividly the constant menace which exists in the drug traffic and the absolute necessity of stamping it out of its system. Thank you, Inspector O'Farrell. Under the direction of Chief William G. Walker, Inspector O'Farrell supervises the operations of drugstores and hospitals licensed to dispense narcotics, as well as coordinating the activities in his department in suppressing the illegal peddling of drugs on the street. One day, he is visited by a well-dressed young woman. Good afternoon, Inspector. How do you do? Won't you be seated? Thank you. I don't suppose you remember me. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't think I do. I didn't think you would. I've dyed my hair back to natural since you saw me last. Oh, so that accounts for it, eh? 
Well, let me in on the secret. Who are you? I'm Martha Grant. Remember? I worked as a nurse for Dr. Perkins. Dr. Perkins? Oh, yes. That phony medic who ran the Heights Sanitarium over in Oakland? The one the federal sent to Leavenworth? Yes, that's right. Why, sure, I remember you. You testified at his trial. I always felt sorry for you being mixed up in that mess. Well, it was pretty disagreeable, but it couldn't be helped. You know, I learned to hate that man. The way he takes those poor dope addicts, takes them as patients, promise to break their habit, and then all he do is to sell them dope. Well, he deserves to go to the penitentiary. Well, I don't know very much, Grant. Well, after working with that would-be doctor, I couldn't stop. I couldn't get away from it. You don't mean he gave you a habit, Miss Grant. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, that's very funny. No, what I mean is that that I couldn't stop thinking of those poor suffering people. I, I don't know. I suppose it gets in your blood. I wanted to do something for them to help them. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a mighty fine ambition, Miss Grant. I don't know exactly what you could do to help them. About all we can do down here is to hinder them. That is, hinder them from getting their supplies. I know that. But I've done a lot of studying since that case, and I believe I know how to handle the problem. After all, I am a registered nurse, you know. Of course. Now, just what do you propose doing? Just this, Inspector. I'm going to open a sanitarium for the cure of narcotic victims. Oh, like the ex-doctors? Of course not. I mean to do good. Well, that's fine. I certainly hope you'll succeed. I know I shall. I just wanted to let you know, Inspector, what I'm doing. I just wanted you to know that that I'm behind you in the great battle you're waging to stop the use of drugs. Well, that's fine, Mr. I appreciate that. And I wish more citizens were as interested as you are. A few months later, O'Farrell, making his usual rounds of inspection on drugstores and hospitals, visits Martha Grant at her newly opened Pure Sanatorium, a modest cottage of three rooms. On his next tour of inspection, a few months later, the officer finds her established in a six-room flat, and three months later, she has moved to a ten-room house. Still on every visit, she assures the inspector that things are going very badly for her, and that she doesn't know how she can hang on. When O'Farrell, on a later inspection trip, finds her established in a 16-room mansion with a half-acre of grounds around it, his suspicions are definitely aroused. He discusses the situation with his chief, Captain Peter. I tell the chief there's something phony about that game. Maybe it's just one of my Irish hunters, but I don't think he's on the level. Well, they didn't get anything on her in that Perkins case. I know they didn't. She had me sold all right when she came in here last year and told me she wanted to open an addict sanitarium. Went into a lot of stuff about her duty to mankind. I told you about it at the time. Yes, I remember. But when I find her in the bigger joint, every time I drop in on her, and when she always cries the blues to me, I figure there's something wrong somewhere. Well, what are you supposed to do? You know, Louie Minsky, that little hype we picked up on Howard Street last week? Yeah. Well, Louie's got a pretty tough habit. So? So I figured I'd give him a hundred bucks for Flash Joe and send him over to Martha's to take the cure. Well, how do you know he won't pay with our hundred bucks? That's our chance. I won't guarantee that. But it's the only way we're going to find out what's going on over there. I think Louis's smart enough not to walk off of the day. He knows we can send him to the pen if he tries any monkey business. Okay, then. Hop to it. Let me know how you make out. Inspector O'Farrell heals Louis Minsky with $100 and sends him across to Martha's establishment in Oakland. He is surprised to look up from his desk later in the day and see Louis standing in the door. 
What the devil are you doing back here? Wait a minute, it was this way. What's the big idea, Louis? Giving me the runaround? I sent you over to Marley. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You know I wouldn't give you the runaround. You know I'm an all right guy. I've been over there. Well, what happened? Well, I went over there and I, I saw this broad, and I put the stick for him. Didn't have to put it on much, though. I sure need a job. Still do. How about it, Chief? Finish the job with a job. Listen, Louis, you know me better than to ask me that. Well, yeah, I just thought maybe... Come on, come on. Stop beating around the bush. What happened over there? I told her, same. I wanted to take the cure, like you told me to. What did she say? She said she didn't care much about taking patients, so I flashed the road like you told me to, and... And she just passed over that. Not interested in patience, huh? What else did she say? Well, as a matter of fact, I, I tried to buy a bin of stuff. Well, don't do. Well, I needed it bad, Chief. Did you sell her one? No, she got sore. They said, how'd she know I wasn't a fake? And she threw me out. She sure she's dead. She's not that dumb. Oh, I couldn't get any snow after all. Well, ain't that too bad. Where's the hundred bucks? Right here. All of it. Count it. And now, Chief, can I have a little shot? No. Convinced that Martha Grant's addiction sanatorium is merely a blind for dope peddling activities, the State Narcotic Bureau intensifies its efforts to take some junk back to her. Every hyphen peddler brought into headquarters is grilled regarding his source of supply. For weeks, the rounding up and questioning of addicts goes on without any success. Finally, from an unexpected direction comes an offer of assistance. When Johnny Rabb, one of the hikes picked up in the dragnet, gets an audience with some success. Finally, from an unexpected direction comes an offer of assistance. When Johnny Rabb, one of the hikes picked up in the dragnet, gets an audience with Captain Seeger and Inspector O'Farrell. Well, Johnny, what's on your mind? Look here, Inspector. I don't like jail one little bit. Who does? Well, I want to make a deal with you. Oh, you want to know by now you can't make a deal with us? Is that what you came down here to talk about? You're wasting our time. Now, wait. Now, wait till you hear what I got to say. I'll turn informal for you. I want to get out. What have you got to inform? I ain't saying, but I can put you in touch with a good connection. Who? Well, what good would it do to tell you? You couldn't get anything on him if you don't let me out to do it. Why not? Well, because if you don't let me out, he'll know in 24 hours that he's hot and he'll take it on the lamp. How big is he? Plenty. He's the boss of the peddlers on a skid row. Got four or five hypes dropping for him. You set me loose and I'll get the stuff on him. We'll let you know, Johnny. You wait outside while the chief and I talk it over. Okay. Well, how's that sound to you, chief? Set a chief to catch the chief, huh? That's about it. We'll have to give him some grease to buy the stuff, but it ought to be worth it. And that might lead to Martha Grant. He seems to be the ringleader of this outfit. Oh, I hate to put my trust in these types. I know, but it didn't hurt any of the trust Louis Minsky. He came back with a dough. Yeah, but what do you know about this bird? Oh, nothing much. But I'll put a tail on him so he won't have much of a chance to double cross us. Okay, it's a cinch we're not getting anywhere until we knock over the plant of this outfit. These small fire peddlers don't mean a thing. O'Farrell turns Johnny Rabb loose with a couple of hundred dollars. Rabb makes two contacts with Joe Riley, the big shot of the Skid Row dope ring, and makes two purchases of an ounce of morphine. After gaining Riley's shot, and makes two purchases of an ounce of morphine, and makes two purchases of an ounce of morphine. After gaining Riley's confidence, Rabb is invited by him to go on a coke party. Excusing himself, he telephones headquarters. He telephones headquarters. Coke party. Excusing himself, confidence, Rabb is invited by him to go on a scene. After gaining Riley's shot and makes two purchases of an ounce of morphine, the big shot of the Skid Row dope ring, the big shot of the Skid Row dope ring, Rab makes two contacts with Joe Riley. Rab makes two contacts with Joe Riley. Rab loose with a couple of hundred dollars. 
Crab loose with a couple of hundred dollars. Crab loose with a couple of hundred dollars. Inspector O'Farrell turns Johnny. Inspector O'Farrell turns Johnny. Inspector O'Farrell turns Johnny. Inspector O'Farrell turns Johnny. Like young girls on the way to a dance, 
now slink into the dark, white shrouded in mist. Hours pass, and the end of each ferry is the signal for Conley and O'Farrell to start the motor of their police car and crouch in the shadows of the ferry building, scanning each passing automobile as it rolls off the gangplank. Finally, toward midnight, another boat shoulders into the dock. Well, they certainly ought to be on this boat, unless he's given us a slip, which he may have done. No, I don't think so. Here comes the cause. I'm just There's the lantern. Grabs in the front seat. He lit two matches to a cigarette. That means he's got the stuff. Come on, let's knock him over. They're going too fast. We'll have to tail him in our car. Let's go. Okay. O'Farrell and Conley tail Riley's car back to his hotel. Just as the Lincoln is parking, the officers pull up. Inspector Conley jumps on the running board of the driver's side as O'Farrell approaches the car from the passenger side. You're under arrest. What? Pick him up and keep him there. What's the car? Just a minute and I'll let you know. Find it, O'Farrell? Yeah. Well, I'll fight if you're on the floor of the car. That's fine. The charge, Mr. Riley, is possession of narcotics in violation of the state narcotics act. Dumb. 
He can't even see so jumped up. Well, I don't like to let a hophead make a monkey out of me. Look here, Chief. A case is a case. You let me handle this bird. I'll get some action out of him. Well, okay. But I think you're just wasting time. Questioning and re-questioning Riley. Finally, he promises to cooperate with the officers. At 9 in the morning, he calls Martha, but she is out. Again at 12, he tries, but fails to communicate with her. In the late afternoon, Seeger and O'Farrell take Riley back to his room in the hotel. At 5 o'clock, Riley calls Martha once more. O'Farrell and Seeger listen in on the two extensions. Hello, Martha. Oh, that party last night did me in, Martha. I slept in late. I tried to get you at noon, but you just left. Yeah, she sounded that way when I talked to her. Why don't you get rid of that broad? Yeah, but she can't handle it. She, she's dynamite. Look, a friend of mine's going down to L.A. and needs some clothes. I wish you'd send over three suits. Three suits? Yeah. Like the suit you got last time? Yeah. All right, Joe. Where are you? I'm at the hotel. Okay, Joe, dear. I'll meet you tonight. You'll go to the nine-point show. Uh, that'll be swell. See you later. Okay, honey. Nine-twenty show. What's that mean? It means she's coming on a nine-twenty ferry. Martha's a cagey dame. She don't take no chances on being overheard. I suppose truth means down to the junk, huh? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Who the devil's that? Watch what you say. Get on that wire, fellow. Okay. Okay, Riley, answer it. Hello? Hello, Joe. Yeah, Martha, what do you want? I'm here, okay, and waiting to see you. Goodbye, Martha. Say what I tell you guys. She's a smart dame. You're going to have to be on your toes if you get anything on her. The officers take out the hotel. O'Farrell and Seeger parked in an automobile commanding an unobstructed view of the entrance and Conley and Dundas hiding in Riley's room. It is a few moments before 9.30 when O'Farrell nudges Seeger. There's your chief. Where? Just going into the hotel. Oh, yeah. And she's got the stuff with her. Notice that package under her arm? Yep. We're in luck. Well, we might as well sit tight here and let the boys take her in the room. I gotta hand it to you, Phil. I'd have given this case up last night. I was so sore at that time. Oh, I don't know. I just hate to give up a case until I hammer it to pieces. Well, that's a swell way to be. Hey, look, here comes Conley out of the hotel. I wonder what's the matter. What's up, Conley? We got the dame up in the room. But she came in clean. Didn't have a thing on her. Oh, you must be crazy. She had a package under her arm when she went in the hotel. Well, she ducked it somewhere because she hasn't a thing on her now. And she's raising the devil about full to rest. Come on, let's get in there. Oh. Where's that elevator boy? Hey, you. Yes, sir? Did you take a lady up to the second floor in the last five minutes? No, sir. Did you see a lady come in? Oh, I recollect like I do, sir. Where'd she go? Maybe she went upstairs, sir. Did she have a package under her arm? Maybe she did, sir, and maybe she didn't. Come on, up the stairs. Keep your eyes open. 
curtains hanging over the window. Let's see. Yep. Yep. Here's the package of junk. Nicely hidden behind the curtain. Come on. Let's talk to Martha. Well, Inspector, I'd like to know the meaning of placing me under arrest. You know I'm sincere. You know I want to help poor unfortunates like Mr. Riley here. And now you subject me to this humiliation. What do you know about this packet, Martha? Nothing. I never saw it before. Riley, is this the woman you talked to on the phone this afternoon? Yeah. Is this the woman you bought two ounces of morphine from last night? Yeah. Why, you dirty thing, you laughing uh, I thought you'd show your colors, Martha. Now, cut out the rough stuff, because we got you right where we want you. You're under arrest for violation of the state narcotic act. That's a hot one. You can't prove a thing. I never saw the package before. I don't know what you're talking about. You can't arrest me. No? Well, we're going to. And after we bring back the junk you've got stashed in there, your Oakland plant, we'll have plenty on you. Martha are taken to headquarters and booked while Inspectors Conley and O'Farrell cross the bay to Oakland. They enlist the aid of Lieutenant Barbo of the Oakland Police Department, who sends a squad of two plainclothesmen and two patrolmen, along with the narcotic agents, to raid Martha's. They are met at the door of Martha's house by a beautiful young woman attired in negligee, who appears to be under the influence of narcotics. Oh, hello, boys. Where's Martha? Martha's in jail. We're police officers. Well, it's okay. We're going to all have a party just the same. Come on in, boys. Come on in. You bet we will. Who are you? Oh, the hunch Oh, yes, yes. I've heard of you. Why, sure you have. Oh, everybody that knows Martha's heard of little Stella. Come in with that, haven't you, Stella? Oh, I don't know what you mean. Leave a man here with Stella, Lieutenant. And start from the attic and search this place. Yes, sir. Tear it apart. Don't overlook any possible place where the stuff could be hidden. Yes, Inspector. Um, are you going to sit down and talk to me, Inspector? I am not. I got work to do. the house from attic to cellar, prying into woodwork, ripping apart drapes, searching in every nook and cranny where it could be possible to secrete a small package of narcotics. While the search is being conducted on the upper floors, Inspector O'Farrell looks through the kitchen. He is joined there by Lieutenant Barbo. I just got something, O'Farrell. What's that? Three. Morphine envelopes, huh? Yeah. Where'd you find them? This Stella girl's room. Hmm. Harrigan. Yes, sir. Bring that girl in here. Oh, hello, Inspector. Stella, what do you know about these two envelopes? Oh, those? Oh, oh they were awfully nice. What was in them? Oh, something awful nice. Where's the rest of it? I don't know. I was waiting for Martha to bring me tomorrow. What are you doing here, Stella? Oh, I came here as a patient. Martha was doing the right well. Mm-hmm, I thought so. She, she did a good job of it. Oh, indeed she did, Inspector. Oh, I feel better right now than I ever did. Yeah, I can imagine. Come on, Inspector. Let you and me go up 
somewhere where we can talk, huh? Look here, Stella, I mean business. Where's the rest of this stuff? Well, that's all it is, Inspector, honey. I've just been waiting for Martha to bring me some more. Well, you're not going to get any more. Martha's never going to bring you any more. Automotive engineers agree that Rio Grande cracked 
with tetraethyl is so good it could sell at top price. But we prefer to give our independent dealers a better quality gasoline, which they can sell to you at the same price as the uncracked gasolines of their competitors. Then when you feel a difference, when you experience the thrill of police car performance in your own car, you'll come back to the independent Rio Grande dealer who gives you a top-quality gasoline at a lower price. This plan works. Rio Grande Cracked is the fastest-growing gasoline in this market, and this sales increase is due entirely to repeat sales to satisfied customers. Are you one? Go to a Rio Grande service station. Ask for a free radio log. Put cracked gasoline in your tank. Sinclair motor oil in the crankcase, and we guarantee you'll get police car performance. And boys and girls, your Rio Grande service station has a present for you. You are invited to join the junior police department to help your own chief of police fight crime and save lives. You will get a genuine metal police badge to wear absolutely free. Just get your father or mother to drive into any service station selling Rio Grande cracked gasoline and tell them to ask for a junior police department enrollment card for you. No obligation to buy anything. Good night for the Rio Grande Oil Company. <laughs>